I'm excited to get to today's guest, but first I want to tell you about our sponsor, CTC Math. Our family uses and loves CTC Math. So if you're looking for a great online math curriculum, visit ctcmath.com to sign up for your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. I'm so glad you're with me today. We are playing some of our best of episodes because we are traveling right now and out on the road getting to meet many of you. It's so very exciting. So we hope that you will enjoy this episode. I'm sure it will bring you great encouragement. And also, if you are interested in supporting the ministry of Schoolhouse Rocked, go to schoolhouserocked.com and you'll see the Donate Here button. That's really a huge blessing to us to help support the travel and the ministry as we take Schoolhouse Rocked on the road. Now enjoy this best of episode of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so excited about my guest today. You guys are going to be so encouraged. If your husbands are around, this is one of those episodes where I want you to just bring him alongside you or maybe wait to listen to this one until he's around or listen to it once and then listen to it again with him uh, because you're going to be so very encouraged. We are talking to Abraham Hamilton III, uh, but he said we could call him Abe, <laughs> which is a much easier name than Abraham <laughs> Hamilton the third um, which sounds yeah. so so um, powerful I, I love that name um, we are so honored to have you on the podcast today Abe thank you for joining us um, welcome and I would love for you to tell us a little bit about you and your family and your ministry yeah uh, as you said Abraham Hamilton the third is my name I am a general counsel and public policy analyst for the American Family Association I also host uh, a daily national radio program on the American Family Radio Network titled uh, The Hamilton Corner. Uh, it all, I also have a television show, which really is just a broadcast of the radio show with television cameras, uh, on the National Religious Broadcasters Television Network on Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Uh, Central Time. And I am a husband, a father, a homeschool dad, and I am a Bible teacher as well. Uh, my wife, Maria, and I, we have five children, and I'm excited to be on the program with you. Yeah, thank you so, so much. Um, you are one of those people who's just kind of everywhere, and God is really <laughs> using you to have a huge impact in many areas of your family, of culture. Um, and so we're going to talk about those things today. You know, as Garrett and I have been observing all that's been going on around us, as everyone has been observing what's been going on around us, one of the things that we keep coming back to is that we have lost our way um, in the church. Mm -hmm. We've lost our way as families. Fathers have lost their way, and I'm not talking about all, but but too many fathers have yeah. lost their role as leader of their home, um, as the people who train up their children and who protect their wives and their, their kids. Moms have lost their way in, in abdicating their role as mother. And mm -hmm. as I was preparing for this this uh, conversation with you today, the Lord continued to bring back to me 1 Samuel chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. And that says, if you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord, your God, it will be well. Mm. But if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Mm. And I keep reading that verse over and over again, and I just think, wow, the formula is so easy. 
it's mm. it, it's not easy to execute but the commandment to us is easy fear the lord serve him obey him and do not rebel against him and it will go well with you but if we don't do those things the hand of god is going to be against us and we are seeing so much trouble in our culture today because we have turned uh, we have turned away from the ways of the lord and so I am so excited to have you here to talk about spiritual leadership in the home, about family discipleship. And so um, there's a couple ways, I, I, a, a few questions that I have for you. But but the first thing is I want to talk to you about spiritual leadership. And you kind of feel as I have you know just researched you and um, you just told us some of what you do. The three leadership roles really that you hold are um, your family, your church, and the community. You, you're on national radio, and so people listen to you. Of those three things, family, church, community, what would you say is the highest priority um, for you? Oh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly my family. Um, the first institution God created before there was ever uh, civil government, before there was ever a monarchy, an order of prophets, even uh, the ecclesia, the first institution that God created was the family. The first command God ever instructed mankind concerned the family. Uh, when we understand the primacy that God places on the family, that primacy should inform and guide our understanding first and foremost, and secondarily our response uh, to God's view of family and serving our families well. I say every day on uh, my radio program, right at the beginning, especially, and I, I find it to be especially pertinent during uh, this election season we have mm -hmm. to find ourselves in, uh, that what goes on in your house is far more important than what happens in the White House. That's right. Um, uh, what you alluded to, us having lost our way, in a lot of, in a lot of ways, if we were candid about it, we've actually forfeited our way into a lot of the trouble that we find ourselves in. Um, many of us have adopted a kind of corporatist mindset concerning our own lives, and as well as those immediate immediately surrounding us, in thinking that the pinnacle of importance are those things that extend beyond. Uh, the parameters of our home, which which in reality, what has happened to our society, we have scores of families who have neglected their homes and what we are suffering the consequences of are, are people who have uh, neglected the first institution that God created in an effort to attend to second and, and third institutions and, and finding in them a source or a sense of hope that really should be anchored in what happens in our homes. So uh, that's a long way to say that yeah. of the various roles that I play uh, and God has called me to, the first and foremost role that I play is in serving my family as as a, a shepherd for my family and a uh, prophet, priest, and protector and provider in my home. Yeah, amen. Okay, so let's park there for a little bit. Um, talk about that. How do you go about leading your family spiritually? Yeah, so um, as you know, and I, I said this earlier, my family and I, we are a homeschooling family, and it, it's almost uh, homeschooling. It, it's kind of a, a, a diminishment as, what, as to what we're seeking to do. What we're endeavoring to accomplish is discipling the offspring God has entrusted to my, my wife and I. That's right. Uh, and education is central to discipleship. Um, the, the concept of a bifurcation between the cultivation of spiritual discipline and academic matriculation is an unbiblical concept. Um, there's no division uh, in God's word between those two concepts. And there wasn't a division in those understandings in America for a long time uh, until somewhat recently. Um, 
So we're endeavoring to disciple our children and based on the scripture, Deuteronomy 6, you know, Malachi 2, Ephesians 6, Psalm 127, Psalm 128, um, the most foremost component of discipleship is time. Mm-hmm. It's time. And so one of the, the most critical components of my ministerial service to the Lord is through my family. So I am primarily responsible for the Bible teaching of my family. We uh, endeavor every day really it really turns out to be about five days a week um that i lead our family in a time of worship and biblical instruction on a daily basis um because the scripture requires that of us ephesians 6 says fathers do not exasperate your children rather rear them in the nurture and admonition of the lord and that word that that's the phrase in english transliterated to english nurture and admonition is the greek word paideia which means the training of the entirety of the mind and the morals just as a just to kind of summarize it and so it is my responsibility to lead out in that fashion and so i i do that on a daily basis i also think it's important uh, for for our children to understand that uh worship is a man's job yeah. <laughs> uh that i endeavor to to lead our children in and singing psalms and hymns and worship to our lord uh so that they can understand that worship isn't something that is limited to any uh, particular image bearer, but that men have a role to play in worshiping. And so that's the primary uh, role I play. In addition to those, there are certain subjects that I that I handle with our children uh, simply because God has gifted me and trained me in a particular area as opposed to uh, my wife. Okay. So, yeah. um, so you do family devotion time, family worship. And I love yeah. to ask this question of dads who are leading their families in this way. What does it look like for you? What does your family worship time consist of? Yeah, so we'll we'll begin with a with a psalm of worship. We usually do it in the mornings, um, in, in a, a psalm of worship. Uh, then we'll do Bible teaching. Right now, we just so happen to be walking through the Book of Acts um, expositionally, and I know that's a big word, just simply mm-hmm. going verse by verse, right. um, and developing a biblical worldview uh, uh, with our children as well as sound theological founding. Um, un beknownst to many of us or contrary to popular understanding or whatever it's not the church's job to make disciples of my children that's it's my job primarily and it's not the youth pastor's job and certainly it's not the school's job it's my responsibility uh to do that and so we um right now we're in the middle of walking through the objective here is to go through the new testament uh book by book and and actually endeavoring to do it in chronological order once we finish an act we'll we'll move to galatians Uh, but there are times when just just this week we revisited some of the foundational teaching about god making uh mankind both male and female and having the biblical authority for uh identity uh, human sexuality and marriage uh because of a cartoon that came up (laughs) a cartoon came up uh that uh my children hadn't watched they heard about it from someone else and so uh, they were able to identify the concerns with the cartoon's efforts to try to uh, homogenize mankind by just blurring <laughs> men and women into one undecipherable amalgamation of human goo. <laughs> uh, and so we had a conversation about it, and I, I just knew uh, the Spirit of God was leading us to just reaffirm their biblical authority. Because what I don't want to accomplish, I don't want my children to adhere to an understanding, to adhere to a belief system because daddy said so. Mm-hmm. I want them to know that daddy is saying so because God has said so. Right. And so I want to train them 
to seek the word of God for their ultimate arbiter of all truth and all uh, the ultimate barometer for, for life and practice. And so that's why uh, we recently went back and starting in Genesis and work all the way through up to Matthew 19 and having that conversation with our children recently. Yeah, just this week, actually. Well, uh, last week, last week is when this happened. Yeah, I love that you point them back to the Word of God because you're right. I mean, it's not just about what you say or what your opinion is. It's what does the Word of God say? And there have been times, you know, we I, I'm grateful to have a husband um, who, like yourself, leads our family daily um, through God's Word. And, and as a matter of fact, we just did the whole... Uh, New Testament, which we finished on mm. December 31st. Uh, just uh, That's just where it fell. It was pretty amazing. Wow. And then we were now in Leviticus. We started back in um, Genesis. And we go kind of slow. I mean, we, we've, mm-hmm. we started in Genesis in January. It's now yeah. October, and we're just now in Leviticus. But we go verse by verse, and we, yeah. you know, he exposits what we're reading and making sure that our girls understand it and that I understand it, that he understands it. And there have been times where he said, you know, I really don't understand this. Or I used to yeah. think this, but, you know, God has shown me that this is really what this means. And some, and he'll have to sometimes study, like, what is what does this really mean? What is God's message to us through this passage? Um, and, you know, the Word of God stands firm. It's not man's opinion. It's God's word in his opinion. So I I love that you're teaching that to your kids. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Are you struggling with managing homeschooling your child on a day-to-day basis? BJU Press has a new homeschool planner that can simplify your homeschooling. With BJU Press Homeschool Hub, you can see your child's work for each day, track grades, and grade assignments all in one organized system. The BJU Press Homeschool Hub can make your experience more manageable and more enjoyable. You can have the resources you need for painless planning and happy homeschooling. Visit BJUPressHomeschool.com to see how the Hub can improve your homeschooling. Parents everywhere are waking up to the fact that God is calling them to teach their children His Word. BibleQuest gives you a plan and resources to do just that, using the incredibly effective classical model. Help your students memorize biblical information through games and scripture memory songs. Build their understanding with easy-to-use Bible discussions. Mentor them to be wise doers and sharers of the Word. Biblical knowledge, understanding, and wisdom for a lifetime. Try four weeks free at BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D. That's BibleQuestClassical.com forward slash rocked. R-O-C-K-E-D. We are back with Abe, um, Abraham Hamilton III, and uh, we're talking about family discipleship and about the spiritual leadership of fathers in the home. And, um, you know, I I love talking about family worship time. It looks different for every family, you know, for some families, and depending on the ages of your children, for some families, it could mean, you know, reading a portion of a psalm in the morning and singing some worship songs and praying or it could just mean reading you know an entire chapter of a book of the bible um and and learning and i think sometimes and i would love for you to to encourage parents in this way sometimes parents feel like well i don't know enough about the bible i i'm not well educated in the bible i you know have a hard time understanding it myself so how can i teach it to my children how would you encourage that parent yeah i I would encourage Uh, that parent by saying that God knows exactly who you are and he knew who you were uh, before you had your children and he nevertheless brought your children through you for the express purposes that you would serve them in this this manner. There is no particular gift set that is a prerequisite. There's no particular educational uh, uh, matriculation that's a prerequisite for doing this. Uh, One of the greatest things we can do uh, in 
uh, endeavoring to disciple our children is to show them the humility that that we need to live as Christians ourselves, uh, to show them, hey, I don't know this. Let's go and learn this together. Show them how uh, to, to study. Uh, I'm thinking about a particular family in our local assembly where we had this exact conversation uh, where a father said, Abe, you know, I, I can't teach the Bible like you. Uh, and I said, man, it may be God is calling you simply just to read the scripture with That's your right. family. Uh, God doesn't want us to be uh, clones of one another. We're, we're called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. So the Lord isn't requiring you or your family to be identical and do exactly what my family does or to do exactly what anybody else's family does. What has God placed in you and is calling th through you uh, to serve your family? The other thing I forgot to mention this earlier that we do is that we always endeavor to end the night uh, praying together mm. uh, tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as you know, I have five children. I used to go to their rooms with each of them. We have too many of them now. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we summon them all to our room, my wife and I's room, and we spend a time of prayer together uh, in, in the evenings to, to end our days as well. But again, uh, this is not something that someone should mimic. We can take examples that other people have in order to glean from, but not to hold them up as if they are the standard. Jesus Christ alone is the standard. And so I, I just want to, again, encourage the parents, uh, God knows who you are. God yeah. knows what you have. God knows your ability. And what and how is God moving you to serve your families is the question or is the issue that you should be confronting with the Lord, as opposed to trying to hold up myself or any other individual as the standard that we are to emulate. Christ is the standard. So let's follow him. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, you know, it's really interesting because I, I love that it's it's not as complicated as it has to be. It can be mm -hmm. as simple as opening the Word of God and reading. And for goodness sakes, if even if you were completely illiterate and you could not read a single word of, of the Bible, we are in a day and age where you can open up your smartphone and That's push right. play and That's have right. it read to you. Um, right. But it becomes a way of life for our family. We, we do the same. We have our family devotions every day, and then we always end the day in, in prayer. And last night, it was really sweet, actually. Today is my youngest daughter's 10th birthday. So happy birthday, Lacey. Um, mm -hmm. She is so excited to be double digits now. And um, so my girls had, they, they're so fun. They had what they call a sister sleepover. And a sister sleepover mm -hmm. is where they, uh, they share a room anyway, but a sister sleepover <laughs> is somehow different where everyone else is kicked out of the room. It's just the two of them and they'll play games together. They'll watch a, a movie together and have a dessert. And, you know, I don't know, they, they did face masks and they do all kinds of fun sister things. And we had not done our family devotions yet before they started their sister sleepover yesterday. And so they said, you know, dad, can we just, can we do our own uh, devotions together? And then you and mom can do them together. And typically he, he wouldn't allow that, but they were having their s special sister sleepover. Mm -hmm. And because they've been trained to do that, and that's just a way of life for our family, they mm -hmm. did it together, just the two of them. So I asked my youngest daughter this morning, I said, how was your sister's sleepover? And she told me all about it. And she said, and we did our family devotions. I said, what'd you do? And she said, well, we recited some scripture memory to each other, and then we prayed together. And I just thought, how mm. sweet is that? That That's mm. just natural for them. That That's who they are. That's who we are as a family, is we study God's word together and we pray together. Mm. They don't know anything different because it's always been that way for them. Yeah. And, um, and that just that blessed my heart uh, to know that okay they they did this they made it happen so um, That's anyway wonderful. so we're talking about priorities in spiritual leadership and we talked about um, how kind of your three roles are the family the church and your your community um, and your role at, on national radio um, next to family what would be your next 
priority? Would it be the church or would it be your influence in society? The local church. Uh, the, the next priority is the, the local church uh, where I serve um, because that is the immediate uh, local assembly that God has planted me in. Um, one of, in, in addition to the forfeiture that has happened in the family, one of the great travesties of, of modern Christendom is we've kind of uh, turned what God ordained for it to be worshiped together into worshiping beside one another. Um, we in, 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 in seek to include uh, as a part of our corporate worship every week uh, a time of breaking bread together and fellowshipping together. So we have fellowship meals together. We don't have kind of as a traditional church service. We spend hours and hours and hours together uh, because the truth is we need one another. Yes. And as things become more and more challenging and more and more difficult, it, it becomes uh, a great obstacle, a great impediment to obey the scriptures commands concerning bearing with one another and one anothering if we don't even know each other, That's right. you know? And in many ways, we've allowed kind of the world's pace and the world system to kind of move us to where we worship beside one another. We don't really know each other. We rarely even know each other's names, let yeah. alone know each other personally. And so in addition to, uh, I would say subsequent uh, or second to, to, the, to my immediate family is my commitment to our local assembly. Uh, that God has planted us together. He not only made us uh, he didn't just connect us like Lego pieces. Right. That's my dad peeking through. But he's made us members of one another. And what I found is that as a result of, of, of doing life as a local assembly in that way, it's kind of uh, eliminated the distance that would allow for accusations and invectives and things to be hurled because we, we, we have, by God's grace, grown into a tight-knit family of believers. And so follow my immediate family. My next commitment is to our local church. So, and and being committed to your local church um, and, and being one who leads your local church, how do you help to equip the families, the parents in your church to lead their families in their homes? Yeah, so one of the things that God has moved us to do is that we have family shepherding meetings mm -hmm. um, to where we specifically spend time praying and teaching the scripture and devising strategy with the families in our local assembly to empower the fathers to lead their families. Uh, we specifically take time to do this because a lot of the things we're talking about right now, those questions come up frequently. So a practically, how do we do this? Practically, how do we do that? So we invest time in, in doing that. We also uh, invest time in cultivating, some may describe it as a kind of Titus II type of ministry among, among our women uh, but we do that, and a part of that includes um, sound and, and robust theological instruction. Yep. You know, it's it's unfortunate in too many instances when you talk about serving women in ministry, it's kind of a, a kind of self-help type of psychobabble, frankly, right. um, when the truth is that all members of the Lord's Bride need robust theological training, and it, it, it strengthens the church as a whole when yes. we have those who are entrusted with the care of the most vital resource in the local assembly, which is our offspring. Right. Uh, it, it strengthens the church as a whole for the members of the body to be equipped to do the work of the ministry, and Ephesians 4 explains that very, very uh, plainly. It, in, though it is the church's, I'm sorry, though it is the parents' responsibility to serve as a primary resource for discipleship and instruction for subsequent generations, the church has a role in equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And so we take that very seriously. And so we endeavor to invest 
in the people so that they may be fortified in training and instructing and shaping their families. Amen to that. And then, you know, when you invest in them and the individual families, they go out and the ripple effect takes place in society and then they impact those around them. And I mean, it's just incredible to see what the Lord can do uh, through the discipleship of the family, through the church, through God's word, um, you know, through even even radio programs like what what you're on, um, mm-hmm. you know, God moves in amazing ways when parents start to stand up and listen and say, "Okay, we're going to take this role seriously." So we are out of time for this episode. Um, we will be back on Wednesday to continue on this conversation. Abe, where can people find out more about you and your ministry and what you're doing? Yeah, you can uh, you can follow me. I'm on all social media platforms. Uh, the Hamilton Corner is the name of the program. You can follow me on Twitter at Hamilton Corner, Instagram at Hamilton Corner, on Parlay at Hamilton Corner, um, YouTube I have the Hamilton Corner channel, Facebook as well. Uh, you can find out uh, what I'm doing through the American Family Association at afa.net, and you can download the Hamilton Corner podcast anywhere you get your podcast. You can download the podcast there. Okay, sounds great. We'll link to all of that stuff in the show notes as well. Abe, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you guys for listening. We will be back on Wednesday to continue on this great conversation. See you then. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.